Caleb, have you have you had a chance to look at your look through your book yet? I have. Nice. I did. Uh, and got me one full present, full of newspaper headlines from 1908 to the present day. Um, the first uh, story is 41,000 people watch Fulham beat Manchester United, which I really <laughs> enjoyed. Um, so that that was a lot of fun. Uh, another fun headline that I noticed from 1936: uh, Cottagers just bide their time. Depleted hammers worn down. Uh, Fulham five, West Ham nil. Oh no! It's kind of a fun. It's kind of a fun. Uh, but but there was a. I guess there used to be something called the Cockney Cup. Okay. Um, Let's bring that back. In 1975, um, <laughs> Fulham lost to. Uh, so West Ham at Wembley is where they had this thing. Um, and let's see, y'all were led by Alan Taylor. Yes. So. Honestly, that sounds incredible. I would watch I a Cockney Cup. It, if it was open to every club, semi-professional and above, in the greater London metropolitan area, Absolutely. that'd be incredible. Sort of like, I mean, to go back to our earlier discussion on Brazil, um, it's kind of like because that's the Brazil does have they have like state state tournaments so you'll have the yeah, Sao Paulo have. state or the, the you know the Rio de Janeiro state um, so yeah I, let's do the county champions well so I know they have county cups in certain counties in in England it'd be fun to bring that back to or, or well to to bring that back to to the the mainstream and include the bigger clubs I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. So uh, Bobby Moore played for Fulham that day, and uh, oh, yeah. also on the front page was something called just in the corner, like below the fold, Adam. It goes that other final, which is the <laughs> Scottish Cup final between <laughs> Celtic and Airdrie, maybe Airdrie. Yeah, yeah, Airdrie. Yeah, uh, Celtic one, of course, which is kind of interesting. So yeah, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I've been I've been flipping through it. Yeah. So there's there's that other these... final. There's these... Yeah, I know. I was like, there's a little bit of shade there. <laughs> there's these books out there. Um, so I, I got a West Ham one for my birthday. And they basically are just like newspaper clippings. I say clippings. like They'll be like – some of them will be the full broadsheet. Yeah. And so you'll yeah, see stories from the club that you know, the book is about. So I, I got Caleb a, a, a full and one for a late Christmas gifts. I got one for uh, – uh, for for my birthday for for West Ham, so yeah, they're they're a lot of fun. I figured I was like, this is a great gift for someone who who works in the industry <laughs> and would yeah. really much appreciate uh, using this medium as as history. So yeah, it's fun. It's kind of funny too because you can track like the uh, the development of reporting and layout yep. um, through time, which is cool. And it ends with us winning the the championship, um, the seven 0 victory over Luton and. All that kind of stuff. So it ends. Yeah. It ends very well. So. Yeah, yeah. I've I've gone through it. What I also enjoy are looking at some of the advertisements. Like they got some really old ads that you so like ah that may that may not fly <laughs> in the twenty first century. Um, and just some of the other stories. It's a lot of fun. I don't know if there's a Newcastle one. I assume there is. Jordan, if you can maybe go, go look uh, if there up. is, yeah. If there is, honestly, I I I would prefer that that. Or I'd also prefer a Sunderland one. I'm not gonna lie. I think it'd be kind of kind of cool to uh, you know see 
see like the headlines, uh, you know, of your of of the rival from back in the day. You know, just see see to to see how the hate is developed. Yeah, that's true. You can kind of see how that how that goes. Was is there? I and you probably haven't gone through the entire book, but have you seen any? Any mention of the West London Derby between Chelsea and Fulham yet? Have they talked about that in the book, yeah. Caleb? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know. How, I didn't know how far I, back I kind of, that kind went. Of through it. Cool. Yeah, most of the clippings are from the from the last probably I would say like thirty forty years, and yeah. so there's a good bit of it. Um, it's nice. not really a men- it, it is funny going through it and seeing like who used to be. Of course, Fulham wasn't League One for a good chunk of this, but just yeah. seeing who all was in it. Like there was a. Uh, Early on in, in 1932, they had a league tables, and so Fulham's Division Three looks like we're about to go up. Division Three South, and then in Division Three North, we see Wrexham, which is kind of fun. <laughs> um, yeah, and then Division One is being led by uh, cover your ears, Jordan Everton. <laughs> Times so. Uh, well, I mean, okay, I think you said 1932. I wasn't that the yeah. years of Dixie Dean. So yeah, yeah, that's right. What's crazy is uh, Newcastle in the in the top flight there, but Grimsby. In wow! Oh, yeah, back in the day, they used to be. So yeah. anyway, yeah, I like I like how lost in that. I, I like how the London bias is even evident in 1932 when they include Wrexham as part of the North. Just anything <laughs> anything outside the greater the greater London metropolitan area is the North. What did Adam say was the boundary line? Uh, Luton, last last Luton. week, Luton's a boundary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's which, any, uh, anything farther north, you're you're basically in the frontier. Which, which Adam, you were you were almost right on uh, on calling the, uh, the the league cup that that northern trophy, except for damn old Southampton. <laughs> I know. We will def- We'll have to talk about that in a minute, not, not ex- super extensively, because I imagine most of the league cup conversation is going to be taken up by um, Jordan. Uh, fawning over his uh, his his supposedly trophy bound team, we'll, we'll we'll discuss the League Cup, the FA Cup, um, which dominated English football over the past week, um, as well as a couple other things. Uh, welcome to We Ate All the Pies. This is uh, Adam, and you've been hearing Jordan and Caleb just talking a little bit about uh, some football stuff, football history. Um, you will notice a theme. And I tried to kind of bring it up as we were talking about this as we get closer to this weekend, and that is that there are a lot of derbies coming up in the next few days. There's the West London Derby. There's a North London Derby. There's a Manchester Derby. There's an East Midlands Derby. And most importantly, guys, there's a We Ate All the Pies Derby. Um, So I want to start this out by asking, and this does not have to just be for football. It can be for any sport at any time uh, down through history. But in your opinion, what would you say is the best sporting rivalry in the world ever and why? And, and, Again, and it doesn't just the best doesn't necessarily have to be the fiercest. You know, maybe you enjoy the fact that there's a, a healthy, friendly rivalry that nobody ever dies from, or maybe you think this is uh, you know just worth a mention. Um, but the, the best sporting rivalry in the world, in your opinion, and I want to start. I'll start with Caleb. You've got some some pretty good historical uh, sports knowledge. I, I'd love to hear what you what you think is the best rivalry in. Uh, in history. Yeah. I mean, best is, is so subjective. I mean, when I yeah. think of the best way for me to think about it is just think about, if I think about rivalries, I mean, if you're talking college, particularly college football, Ohio state, Michigan is really big. Although, you know, obviously spent a lot of time in, in Oklahoma. So OU Texas is always funny. I mean, 
you know, they're people whose house numbers are painted beneath upside down longhorn symbols. So, you know, there's always, (laughs) there's a lot. Um, But I would say probably the one that when I watch it, I'm like, okay, you know, or or I get, I get excited to watch these, the rivalry, regardless of who's playing in it. And obviously it's American sports, but it's um, when the Boston Red Sox play the New York Yankees, like it doesn't matter how good those teams are. It doesn't matter who's playing in it. It doesn't matter whether it's played in Boston, New York. It's just the crowd is always up for it. There's always good production level. There's a ton of history. I mean, you're talking over 100 years. So that's probably the best, in my opinion. Um, and it's, you know, it's fairly bloodless, too. So that's always a positive. And it doesn't yeah. it brings in some regional biases, maybe. But there's not a lot of like it's 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 fairly devoid of, of really kind of nasty, you know, partisan stuff that some yeah. how does it get from these rivalries. So I think that's good. Yeah, there's there's history there, but it's not, you know it's 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 not uh I don't know, eye for an eye type history. Like it's it's not you know, we, we get you for this or we get you for that. It's healthy, it's nice. These are two great American cities, two great American ball clubs going at it. It's a lot of fun. Um I mean the worst case the too. worst time was when the when Pedro Martinez uh, took out Don Zimmer. I mean, that's as bad as it gets. So, <laughs> um, Jordan, best sporting rivalry for you? I feel like you're you're the type to pick the one that's a little bit fiercer. Um, <clears throat> so you both know I love the game of football, right. both footballs. Yeah. Um, however, I was I I I, I am a latecomer to this football. Right. You know, I've I've been I've been a fan of Newcastle. For over a decade, but my first love was unfortunately the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> so, uh, from the time I was born till like uh, till I was ten, Dallas was the premier team in the NFL. Three Super Bowls, uh, four uh, NFC Championship games. Uh, could have gone a could have done a three peat if it wasn't for losing to San Francisco in 1994. Um, I can look back into the history of the Dallas Cowboys and look back to the 70s and say the Washington Commanders, uh, <laughs> because those rivalries were really heated. I mean, there was legitimate hate. Um, and I know for a fact that uh, I think it was, well, uh, it was, who was it? It was, De- I believe it was Dennis Allen, the old, the old coach of the, uh, uh, the Commanders, i.e. Redskins back in the day. He actually like uh, closed practice to reporters because he thought they were uh, cheating from the Cowboys. <laughs> uh, modern day, in a modern day rivalry, of course, I have to say Dallas and Philadelphia. Uh, this rivalry for me has expanded so much that I just hate the city of Philadelphia and will flat out say it to anybody from Philadelphia. <laughs> I hate their guts. Your city sucks. I would love to see the city of Philadelphia wiped out by an asteroid. <laughs> Easy now. No, I'm being Let's dead serious. That city, produces no, that, that city has produced nothing good. Ben Franklin the was Declaration a of Independence. Ben Franklin was a pervert. He was a horn dog and possibly a Satanist. Oh. So, uh, so is Jerry yeah, Jones. No, from... Not, not about, he's not a Satanist. Always sunny. That's a good. No, yeah, and, and, and that gives us always sunny. No, 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 that no, no, because that gives us Rob McElhenney and that gives us Wrexham. So no, what's wrong with what's wrong with Wrexham? There's such a cute there's, story. <laughs> there is nothing good that has come out. Of Philadelphia, no, but in all seriousness, going back to the football, um, off the off the top of my head, throwing snowballs at Santa, 
uh, the the fans throwing batteries at the Cowboys player, and then also cheering when uh, Michael Irvin broke his leg on the field and ended his career. Yeah, that was um, that was pretty shitty. Uh, the T.O. the the T.O. Owen stuff, you know, yeah. that occurred when he was a Philadelphia Eagle. Eagle, see, I said evil there. Um, yeah, no, it's it's the Dallas Cowboys versus the Philadelphia Philadelphia Eagles for me. I that will is my say, number one sports yeah. rivalry. There's there's a there's an annoying level of Philadelphia fans that arrive when the Cowboys play Philadelphia in Dallas. Like there's there's it's almost like a neutral site game. It's ridiculous, and I hate that. I hate when because I was I remember watching and the, and the Eagles scored and just the amount of cheers. I was like, where the hell is this game being played? I thought this was in Dallas. There's just way too many. There's just frankly, there's just too many people out there who like to be haters. Is is what it is. Um. Well, I, for mine, I'm going to bring us back to to the the sport that that, uh, that this podcast is about. Although this was a, a very open ended question, um, I you know growing up just watched this sport a ton, and especially in the afternoons, I always enjoyed watching uh, the top division of Argentina. And there is absolutely nothing like Boca Juniors versus River Plate, and watching the the hype of the pregame and the fans really getting into it as the players were about to come out. The games often got physical. It was very rare that that uh, one ended with a red card. It was often, um, you know, really the the deciding game for a long time. At least when I was growing up. Now I, I know that uh, um, things have changed since then. Um, both clubs have kind of gone through some transition, um, and so I don't know if it's if it's quite as fierce as it used to be. But uh, now that uh, Argentina football is on Paramount Plus, at least I think it still is. Um, I'm hoping to, to catch some more of that. So for me, it's it's Boca Juniors versus versus River Plate. I think it's it's forgotten a little bit too much when we talk about rivalries in this sport. Um, a lot of big names played in this game coming down through the years. So I'm uh, I'm 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 a Boca River man. I I, I do enjoy watching some of that. Uh, speaking of history, Gareth Bale. Entered that this week. 33, he's retired from uh, football altogether. He actually had a contract with LAFC that ran until the summer, but he chose to call it a day. Um, no question, I think, probably Wales's best player ever. Um, no offense to Ian Rush, but, I mean, I don't think anybody has done more for the sport there than him. Um, and I think it was... You know he didn't have the best of times at, at Real Madrid, but I think it was unfair the way he was treated by most of the fans. So congratulations, Gareth, on a career well done. Um, I wish you didn't weren't retiring at 33. I think he still had a couple of years left, especially in MLS. But um, but yeah, he's he's gone. Any other thoughts on on Bale uh, calling it a day? Um, I'll be honest with you. When people look back on his career. They're not going to say unfulfilled potential. No, no. They're going to say uh, they're going to say underrated because I mean he did deliver three Champions League titles to Real Madrid three years in a row. <clears throat> so, I mean, for what for for all that we could say about him at Tottenham, which you know, I wonder if the you know the the Tottenham supporters of the. Uh, early to mid uh you know uh teens look back and wonder man what the, what could have this what could 
this team have done if it was kept together? Because you had Luka Modric, yeah. you had uh, Gareth Bale, um, I think you had Jermaine Defoe for a bit when he was still, you know, uh, you know, pretty decent. Yeah. Um, God, who else was on? All right, help me out here. Who who else was on that team? Because it was it was vastly under. I, I think that team was underrated and probably if given, you know, um, a little bit bigger budget, might have, uh, you know, actually competed a little bit more both domestically and in Europe. Well, Jan Vertonghen was on it, um, and he was good. I remember Aurelio Gomez, uh, the Brazilian goalkeeper. Um, he, he was, I mean, all I know is in the old football manager games, if you played Aurelio Gomez, you could not score on him. He was, he was, I don't, I don't know why they made him so good in the game, but he was a very good goalkeeper. Uh, Kyle Walker. Yeah, don't was forget on that Kyle team. Walker. Um, Aaron Lennon for, for a time. I think he, he, I think he may have been going through some some injury issues there towards the end, but he was he was definitely a, a pretty solid member of that team. They had a pretty good core there for a minute. I mean, they qualified for the Champions League in I want to say twenty ten, maybe twenty eleven. Uh, it was uh, actually I think it was I think it was twenty eleven. I think that's right. Um, and, and I think just either just came in behind, or I think they just beat Man City to it one year and it was like one of the crowning achievements of Harry Redknapp's career. So, um, yeah, they had, they had a pretty good team. I'll begrudgingly uh, admit. Um, and he was definitely a, a big, a big part of that. It, 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 it makes you wonder, like, you know, you can take a club to a certain level in terms of, you know, expectations via like, you know, spending and bringing in players and, you know, cycling talent in and out. But, um, it, it 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 there's another level to it, you know, and that's when you need you know uh, proper investment. Um, and I don't know about y'all. I think we're actually. I think this is actually one of the topics. I kind of think Chelsea's in one of those cycles. Ironically enough, it's interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, uh, point. That, that you make yeah so we'll, we'll get we'll get into this this first i say first topic it's really kind of the biggest one um graham potter obviously been at chelsea since uh thomas Tuchel left this season he um has you know kind of guided them to a few years but he's been up and down since then i think it's the best word more down uh, recently and supposedly he's he's under a lot of pressure now if you believe the reports um this past week, he watched uh, his side diminish with no less than eight first-team members in the physio room. It could be even more now. I don't know. That, 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 a lot of players banged up right now. He watched them fight to a difficult 1-0 loss to Manchester City. No thanks to Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who looks to be out of Chelsea very shortly after he arrived and possibly going back to Barcelona. Um And then they got thumped by Man City in the FA Cup this weekend while fielding a team that consisted of a lot of youngsters. Um, During that game, some fans decided to chant for for Thomas Tuchel to bring him back. I don't don't know why. I suppose those are the same fans who also chanted Roman Abramovich's name. So I don't know how, how serious you can take that. But it also doesn't help that on Thursday, 
he goes up against a high-flying West London uh, rival in Fulham. Uh, I mean, is this is this fair to Graham Potter? I mean, th- th- I feel like this is not the way to treat a manager who's only been there for a few months, who's seen the team through uh, a World Cup break, who obviously is still in the rebuilding phase, especially when you consider that you know the ownership is still fairly new, and they've had to change out their entire recruiting staff. I don't, I don't think that this is necessarily fair for Graham Potter, and yet Chelsea are not doing that great right now. I mean, they really aren't. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing because, I mean, no, it's not fair to Graham Potter, but it's it's, and and obviously the injuries are are a huge problem. Um, so, it, it, you know, that's very difficult for any manager to overcome. Is when you have, I mean, basically, if you look at the people they have out, you could kind of form most of pretty good starting eleven in the Premier League <laughs> with the people they have hurt. But I think that also goes to a certain extent that kind of demonstrates how deep this team is. And, you know, uh, Chelsea's done this thing recently where, you know, they haven't, you know, they have all these players. They loan out a ton of players. They, they don't they, they don't necessarily play them when they're young. They sell them and loan them out. And then, you know, they, they buy them back at, you know, steep increases in prices. And so there doesn't seem to be a lot of, it's kind of a, there's just a lot of people in and out. And, you know, Teuchel, despite all the players that he had, he never really seemed satisfied over the last, you know, maybe his, his last few months thereafter the summer transfer window. He just never seemed really satisfied with the team. And so I think Chelsea continues to look for kind of quick fixes to their problems. And the reality of the situation is that there's more to being a good soccer team than having – 11 or 25 or however many of the best players in the world like there's there's it's it's more than just the sum of your parts and so i think it's going to take a little while for chelsea to get that and so um i don't think it's necessarily fair for potter but until there's an organizational shift in how they look about developing and playing players and um and, and just how they approach this whole process um, I think they're going to struggle. Now, obviously, as you pointed out, it's not its not like they're struggling the way they are intentionally. Um, obviously, the forced sale and um, the loss of staff and then firing Teutschel and all these things had a tremendous impact on, on the club. And so that's going to take a while to, to overcome. But I think that's the question they need to answer before, you know, they start firing Potter and doing all these other things. I think the question becomes, how are we going to operate as a club? What is our thesis? How is this going to work for us? And that's the question I think they need to answer. Their, yeah, their transfer business is so weird. And it's been weird for a long time. And it was even weird, I think, toward the end of, of the Abramovich era, um, you know, especially last season when you considered this, the Saul – Niguez transfer. I mean, he, he came over from Atletico Madrid and, and this, you know, this big late loan move and we never saw him again. It just disappeared. And the, something similar, I think, is happening to, to Dennis Zachariah, uh, who's made the move, um, you know, when they were in desperate need. I say desperate. They were in, in they really, really wanted a center back and they really wanted to go and get one that was going to be good. And they landed on Tiago Silva. Uh, only recently did they land uh, uh, on on Kalidou 
Koulibaly and, and were able to spend that money. I think that's I still think that was a good transfer. Um, you know, being without Reese James and Ben Chilwell has been tough. But it's I don't know. It I there's definitely something to that we gotta figure out who we are kind of thing. And I think that's something that for the first time in a while, Chelsea have had to answer because it didn't matter how many managers you went through under Roman Abramovich. It just worked out. It ended up working out. He was able to spend the money in the right place. Um, I think, you know, obviously there's a lot of things that he should be not commended for, but one thing you can commend him for is putting together a very good recruitment staff. They always seem to find somebody who they could bring in uh, and, and, and make it work. And Golo Conte uh, was a good transfer. Diego Costa was a good transfer. Um, uh, you know, Kai Havertz, I think, is still a very good transfer. So it's it's just it's kind of disjointed, and you know, people forget Jordan that Graham Potter, when he first came to to Brighton and replaced Chris Hutton, um, which was it, its own sort of controversy. I think the season after that, he didn't really finish much better than Chris Hutton. I think I think Hutton maybe finished 16th and Potter finished 14th. So it wasn't like he he was this revolutionary. You know, he didn't have this revolutionary impact on Brighton immediately. It took time, and I think maybe that's the case here. Yeah, to piggyback off of what Caleb has said, um, <clears throat> Chelsea are at a you know a pivotal moment in you know their uh, their 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 club's history given the fact that there is just so much money being thrown around to compete at the top end of the Premier League table. Um, they are kind of stuck in their gears and they have to look at themselves and their overall, you know, strategic, you know, goals and methods and figure out what's the right way to go forward. Because, you know, it kind of seems like for the past couple of seasons, Chelsea has been trying to drive a V8 with, without uh without without the top gear and like they've been like they've been they've been like revving it up you know running those rpms high but they've never been able to you know you know get it into the you know true top gear and you know top into the you know top into the table they always kind of you know fell back um it would be a shame to see a high you know probably the most high profile see finley is uh letting her disappointment know with uh, the Chelsea board about uh, Graham Potter. And, you know, she thinks he should stay in the job through at least the end of the season, <laughs> possibly another. Um, hold on. I'm going to let her out right quick. Okay. It's like, having a ch- <laughs> it's, having, like, it's like having a child because now she's just literally staring outside into the darkness. Uh, she's, <laughs> she's, she's staring into the void right now. I think kind of like Graham Potter is wondering what he got himself into. When he left, uh, you know, you the good thing he the good thing he had going at Brighton to uh, the cluster that is Chelsea. Um, no, but like I was saying, it'd be a shame to see you know probably one of the highest profile English managers in the game right now being knee kneecapped after less than a season in charge. Yeah. So I kind of think you have to write out this write out write out this season. Take your lumps. Let him go forward into a summer. And then actually grade him, you know, you know, grade his performance, you know, with a full calendar year starting next season. You know, let the man get some momentum before you start, you know, leveling accusations of underperforming. You know, 
there's one thing that concerns me because I agree. I, I think Potter needs more time, but there is one thing that concerns me, and that is Todd Bowley. Here's a guy who, I mean, it was clear when, when he came in what he wanted to do as as a new owner is make a splash. I mean, he he almost immediately went to his manager at the time, Tuchel, and said, bring me Cristiano Ronaldo. And Tuchel was like, no, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want Cristiano Ronaldo. He doesn't fit in the system. And there is a big name right now that is out there, and according to certain newspapers out there, he is interested um, in the job, and that is Mauricio Pochettino, um, who departed PSG over the summer and has since been without a job. Um, obviously knows English football, guided uh, Chelsea's London rivals Tottenham to a Champions League final. Arguably, though, you could say maybe not too much better than than Graham Potter. I mean, I know he was at PSG. I know he 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 uh, you know took Tottenham up a couple of rungs, but you know he has. It's not like he's he's come in and, and won. The title. I mean, he's 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 sort of managed teams into you know those European places, but not much higher. So that might be too attractive to an American owner who is trying to make a splash and trying to you know sort of throw his weight around. If that's what Todd Bowley wants to do, I, I still think it would be a mistake. I don't think there would be much change. Um, and and they just need to get these transfers figured out. So speaking of João Felix, speaking of loans from Atletico Madrid, he is coming in on loan from Atletico Madrid. Hopefully that one goes better than the Saul uh, deal. Um, that one could help. I mean, you talk about a dynamic player who can sort of... I mean, if you can get him playing with Havertz and Pulisic and, um, you know, Mount, although that, I mean, I feel like this kind of... This this puts Mason Mount on notice, having Xiao Felix things. I think they kind of occupied the same position. But that could be a nice addition. And plus, he's not injured. So <laughs> you get to actually throw a player out there for once and have a, have a healthy player on the bench. So um, so that's, that's pretty positive. But, um, I mean, is that – do we think that that might help a lot? Is this only only the first bit? Do Chelsea need to do a lot more? Um, anybody want to want to stick their neck out here and call this a flop before it even it even begins? I'm just I'm interested in in knowing he's he's a good little he's a good little player, Felix. Yeah. So I mean, first and foremost, he gives you players. Yeah. Which apparently healthy, Chelsea needs, so he healthy, gives you gives you a legs. healthy player. Yep. Yeah, which is big. Um, you know, I think it gives you know Graham Potter uh, another, um, you know it gives him another kind of attacker, someone else up top. I mean, he's not a, a super, you know, dynamic player. He's looked a little bit um, shaky since that kind of record move, but he gives you depth and you need depth. You know, Pulisic has made a glass. He's hurt. You know, Bombing's not the answer. Lukaku obviously wasn't the answer. Kai Havertz has been really weird. Mason Mounds not, is kind of playing out of position. You know, Sterling has just been okay and he's hurt. So, you know, I, I don't know that it's necessarily going to fix everything, but um, you know, I think it's definitely worth it. It's definitely worth an attempt. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think 
I think it's a good idea, and I'm glad that uh, I'm glad they're trying something. Um, you know, he may not he may not be the answer that many Chelsea fans you know kind of hoped he would be. But man, I mean, it sounds a little silly, but yeah, literally just having warm bodies that can play that position is kind of where Chelsea is at this point. Also signed um, Benoit Badiashil from from Monaco. That's a, a center back, so they've got some help there in the uh, in the center back position, which is which is good. As we mentioned, um, you know, I, I still think you know they need to. <laughs> I don't know why they can't shake their, themselves away from Thiago Silva. Not that I want Thiago Silva to stop playing. Obviously, he's I guess as long as he feels fine, he's fine. But the guy's thirty eight. I mean, let's come on, like it's 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 time to move on. Um, and also, the, the, you have the, I think I mentioned it earlier, but the almost absurd news that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is, is on his way out. Um, he was brought on, I believe, at halftime, or at least close to halftime, during that game against Manchester City, and apparently gave so little care during the game that Potter subbed him off just a few minutes later. So... That's that relationship obviously isn't being repaired, and he's 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 on his way out of the club. Um, but he only came in in the summer again. Just kind of going back to that strange transfer policy that we've seen from Chelsea. That uh, it's kind of leading to them being in tenth place in the Premier League right now. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, Caleb, just real quick, just in this, how are you feeling as a Fulham fan going into tomorrow's derby? I mean, you're you're it's Chelsea, and they've. You know, it hasn't been the easiest of times against them. Let's just say in, in the recent years, but they're they're kind of wounded <laughs> at the moment. And you're you're yeah. flying high. Yeah. Um. I mean. Yeah, it's hard to be confident against a team that's kicked your ass as consistently as Chelsea has. I mean, I think the last time we beat them was 15 years ago. Um. So. Uh. You know, and Alexander Mitrovic is out. Um. Because of the uh, yellow card suspension. So. You know, if he were there, I think it'd be a little bit different. I mean, I still think, um, you know, I think we're going to be a tough – I think it's going to be a tough match. I think we're going to make it really tough for Chelsea. Um, And that really hasn't been the case for the past, you know, more than the past decade. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think we're confident. Um, And and everyone knows how big of a a deal, you know, Mitrovic is for Fulham. But I would say, you know, we're not going into this looking for nothing. You know, I think this is a Fulham side and Fulham fans who fully expect to be competitive and would not be surprised to come away with the least point. Um, and we have a really rough run ahead of us. we got to play Chelsea twice and then Tottenham and Newcastle. So, um, yeah, we, we, we'd love a point. Um, and, we'd ex- and frankly, we kind of would expect to at least be in contention for a point. So, you know, if, if we get – if if in that – if we get in a match and we just get blown away, then then there's some real problems. I do like Marcos. He's not scared, Marco Silva. Like he hasn't. I don't feel like he's ever put a a, a side out for Fulham that said we're just going to try and defend and hold on for our lives this season, which I no, I can respect. There's no Parker ball with him. Yeah, he's he's always going for. I mean, even last year when we played City um, in a was an it was an FA Cup draw maybe. Yeah. Anyway, even when we played them, like we we played real side. We went there and we competed, and oh, I remember they that. rolled over us, but we didn't back down. So yeah, I think it was the, I think it was the third round, and you came out against them, and it was and it was like, well, here we go, and you, you win a goal up. 
And it was like, oh, yay. And then they scored four. But still, they went, they came out and, and, and had it go. Uh, so, so yeah, that's one of two uh, big games for Fulham this week, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Speaking of the FA Cup, uh, we had the third round this weekend. And it was quite fun. Uh, some some fun results. Uh, some some that we didn't quite see. Some that we maybe want to unsee, Jordan. Um, uh, Wolves, one of the bigger talking points. So Wolves finished in a draw 2-2 against Liverpool. Um, a third Wolverhampton goal late was ruled, air quotes, offside. Um, and... When they showed the replay on VAR, I, I, I'm still not sure who was offside. I, I honestly don't know. It. Um, I, they tried to explain it, and then I was like, nope, nope, I don't think that's quite it. So uh, did anybody see that? I think Wolves feel like particularly hard done by. They asked the FA for uh, an explanation as to why that uh, that happened. I'm just going to say this straight out. You know how I feel about Liverpool right now. Um, <laughs> it happened Liverpool again. Bar, it happened Liverpool again. Liverpool is a real thing. I swear to God, it is. I don't know. I don't know what rules they play up there uh, in, in in Liverpool at Anfield, but they sure as hell seem a little bit different than what you know everyone else considers regulation football. Uh, because I don't know. <clears throat> I watched that. You know that high, I watched the highlights and I watched that replay multiple times. I don't know where in any movement, uh, any buildup during that play is Tati considered offsides. And he's like not even close at any point in the in the buildup to the uh, to you know to him scoring the goal. So I'm kind of at a loss for words. I feel like uh, Wolverhampton was was done in. Um, yeah, so does hard. so does Julian Lopetegui. He, he's he was very upset. He was also very upset tonight against the Nottingham Forest. We'll talk about that later. Um, Jordan, we're, we're going to talk. We'll talk good on Newcastle here in a minute. But I want to. I want to get your your reaction to the unfortunate results uh, for you up at Hillsborough. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Um, we had a goal that was uh, uh, incorrectly ruled. Uh, you know, uh, ruled in, and then so did they. So I think you know, oh, if yeah. Bar was in play, that would have evened out. The only thing I could come out of that game is the fact that, you know, Isak has just come back. He wasn't, you know, quite at his his top in terms of attempts on uh, on goal because there was a couple chances where I feel like if he would been in form or maybe a little bit further along and, you know, in his, uh, you know, after his rehab, uh, rehab, he would have scored those, he would have scored those opportunities. And another thing, if Jacob Murphy ever sees himself one-on-one with a goalkeeper and he does not put it around him and then just put, put the ball into the back of the net. I might plant the Newcastle and kill him because that was just, that was absolutely ridiculous. That's all I could think of was Jacob fucking Murphy because he was, he was one-on-one with the keeper and he decided to chip him instead of use his speed and just put it around him because the goalkeeper was not, was either going to foul him or he was going to score the goal. So, uh, you know what? All you're I can say, uh, you're, you're erasing cities off the map. You're killing people. You're, you're particularly violent this week, Jordan. All, all, I, all I can say is uh, good on Sheffield Wednesday. They went out. They played, they played hard. And Winlass had himself a hell of a match. You know? That's what the FA Cup is about. You know? So, uh, uh, 
it's a it's a it's a one game it's a one game knockout tournament where you know randomness and luck do have a factor and stuff like that happens so you know what i i'm not upset because we are still competing in the league cup so um i like what the funnest thing that i learned this week is that uh uh jacob murphy and caleb have something in common which is that they're both twins um and we saw jacob murphy's brother josh play for oxford united against arsenal and oddly enough caleb's twin brother is also named josh um so yeah that was kind of that's kind of that's that's kind of freaky. I didn't I didn't know that. I I looked at the Oxford United team sheet and I saw Murphy and it looked exactly like Jacob Murphy and I was like, "Wait, what's going on here? <laughs> what happened?" And it turns out to be uh, his twin brother Josh. So, that's We're that's everywhere. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Um one of the shocks of the round, perhaps the shock of the round, uh Stevenage pulling off a a 2-1 win against 10-man Villa. This one was fun. Uh, to watch. I don't know if anybody saw the end of this one, but basically Villa took the lead. Um, they kind of squandered a few chances, but the, the, I don't, not, Stevenage didn't really look like scoring until right at the end um, when, uh, I can't remember which player it was, I, I think it may have been Ashley Young, got sent off uh, because of a challenge in the box that denied a um, scoring opportunity. Adam, it was Leander Dedonker. Sorry. Yeah, I that's was gonna say I love yeah. I love the fact that you're that you don't see color, but that was Leander. <laughs> Ashley Young was very front and center in complaining about that, so that's that's probably what I saw. Um, <laughs> so uh, Jamie Reed puts the puts the penalty away, and then Dean Campbell with a great. If you haven't seen the Dean Campbell goal for Stevenage uh, to give them the win at Villa Park, go and look at it. It's a great goal coming off of a of a set piece. He just gets it into the corner, fires it low, and and it, it rolls into the net past Olsen. So, uh, yeah, just a a wonderful day. That's that's some some FA Cup magic right there. Uh, Manchester United brushed past Liverpool. Um, Nottingham Forest took a shellacking up on the northwest coast against Blackpool. Um, everyone's favorite club, actually not. I don't even know if they're the favorite club of the people of Blackpool because there was barely anybody in the stands, but. Um, so yeah, lots of fun in the in the FA Cup this week. Um, fourth round draw was had. Uh, Blackpool after that win will play Premier League side Southampton. Uh, West Ham, the rot stops at least for a little bit after beating Brentford one nil. Um, uh, we go to Derby, uh, which should on paper should be an easy game, uh, which of course means that we're so going to find some way to, to screw this up. I'm sure. Um, Fulham with a nice win, and now they take on Sunderland, uh, Caleb. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to do a solid for Jordan and uh, and help him out and, and and take care of the Mackums. Well, that all depends on how this weekend goes. <laughs> so uh, we'll see how that we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I'm, that's, that's, that's an interesting uh, hey, Caleb. interesting trade offer there. Hey, Caleb. I, I, I would make you an, a counter proposition. Right. How about we get the three points and we, sure. we we use it to potentially shut up all the Arsenal fans? How about that? Because there's yeah, there's not there's worried. nothing worse not than, worth than Mouse. It sounds like Sunderland's 
is going to have a 2-1 win is what it sounds like. That's what this sounds like. <laughs> also, that's a bad honestly, trade because you're saying that you're going to shut up the Arsenal fans. That's impossible. They never shut up. So Honestly, I was going to say, you know, um, I was disappointed that uh, Shrewsbury lost. Yeah. But that was probably my favorite match of the weekend just for the intensity. Uh, because for, you know, Sunderland to score two goals within um, – Within uh, within like the, the the final five minutes of of, of, of gameplay was thrilling, um, and, and hell they scored the final goal I believe with like literally ten seconds left in extra time. Wow! So uh, I was I was disappointed that my uh, you know my crutch that is you know Millwall. Whenever I see Millwall in an FA Cup or a League Cup, I like my eyes light up for some reason. I don't know why. I think I have an addiction. Well, they did make the, they made the final in two thousand and four uh, against Manchester United, but they got uh, obliterated. They, yeah, no, they let me down this weekend. Uh, that match against Sheffield was was not a match at all. That was probably like that was one of the ones where I was uh, I was dual screening and I just <laughs> immediately changed my focus to what I yeah. had, which I think it, I think it was the Derby match I had on my Kindle. So I was like, oh, okay, just gonna yeah. watch this. There you go. I'll I'll have that as background, but focus on what's on my on my Kindle Fire. Um, it was uh, a, it was a oh, it was a fun a fun weekend. I didn't know a fun weekend. Uh, basically, posted up on my couch and just watched a ton of uh, uh, FA Cup. Thank you, ESPN Plus. You know, yeah. we we talk crap about the uh, the streaming services all the time, but I will say in their defense. If, the, if these matches were, were going to be showed on premium cable cable TV in America, we would not see as half of many of those matches available as we had this weekend. Yeah, I, I do wish that they would put some on ESPN. However, ESPN Plus is a wonderful service. I have never had any problems with it. Um, and and if I do run into any issues, a simple logging out, logging back in fixes everything, and it works perfectly. So, um, yeah, it's it's a good service, and to have them all available is, is pretty pretty impressive. Um, Brighton got through, so they face they'll face the winner of that Liverpool Wolves replay. Tottenham, who beat uh, Portsmouth, they will face uh, Preston North End uh, up in the northwest. Manchester United will get Reading. City versus Arsenal. That's going to be a fun one. Um, that's that's Arsenal's reward for taking care of Oxford is getting to face Manchester City, uh, who just obliterated uh, their London rivals, Chelsea. And then Boreham Wood, up the wood, they actually have a replay against Accrington Stanley, and they, if they get through that, will play the winner of Cardiff and Leeds. Leeds having to come back uh, to draw that one um, and, and force the replay. So um, We also had some League Cup. So Newcastle obviously upset by the defeat against Sheffield Wednesday, um, but they bounced back. Jordan a two 0 win against Leicester City. Not a not a bad night up uh, up in the northeast. And now you've you are one. Is it one win or two? Do they still do the two legs for the semifinals, or it's just gonna, just going to be a single leg? Do you know? No, it's a two. It's it's a, it's it's already been announced. It's Southampton. It's a two legged tie. Okay. Um, no, I'm ecstatic. Uh, yeah. I watched that match. It was incredible. Uh, I will say this. Leicester City wasn't even close in terms of competing in that game. If uh, if Sean Longstaff actually had like shoot his shooting boots on, it should have been 3-0. Um, 
Guimarães. Does, 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 does he own a pair? I, I honestly do not know because <laughs> I mean he was, I mean he was he, I, he was dead on you know unmarked at the back post and all he had to do was just kind of like just place it and it was in, and he somehow still chose to you know sky it into uh, I think into the stanchion. Um, Guimarães was so close a couple times. I think he bounced one off the woodwork. Um, sh- just again, shout outs to Almiron, Joe Willick, and Joe Ellington, because those guys run their asses off. You know, if, if it wasn't for Joe Willick, like pressing like three different times to gain back possession, Dan Byrne does not score his, uh, his first ever Newcastle goal, goal in the Gallo, in the Gallo gate. Um, which I, I, I sent y'all the, uh, the, 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 the post-match uh, talk in the locker room. I hope you enjoy that. I sure as hell did. Um, I, I, yeah, I'm man. just going to say it's probably not going to fill me with as much motivation as it does you, Jordan, given uh, yeah. doing our fandoms, but, but thank yeah, you. Yeah, I know. Uh, I also sent you the one where it's the club remix, where it's the, it's the Dan Byrne song. Again, um, just, but, but appreciate it. Uh, yeah, no, great. Okay, I see. You. G- great way to bounce back, you know. Tough loss at the weekend. You could have said you've been hard done by, but you know Sheffield Wednesday put out a great squad and they and they played hard. Um, great way to bounce back. Great way to get back into form after you know two hard matches in the Premier League where you drew against a you know a really a, a, a difficult team to beat. Leeds. Leeds is does not Leeds does not go down without a fight. And then you know the uh, the you know the 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 champions that want to be champions in Arsenal. Um. So yeah, no, it just a it was a good way to uh, you know get back onto the winning foot. And uh, I, I think I this does I don't think this bodes well for you, Caleb. I really don't. Uh, not with not with playing a match Thursday. Not with playing a derby Thursday and then a, a, another a, a derby with us on Sunday. Uh, put on your helmet, buddy. Yeah, that's kind of shitty. If I'm being honest, I think it's an unfair advantage to Newcastle. They played on Tuesday. Fulham played two days later. Yeah, so, no. So I, Newcastle I, I, get no, Newcastle get two more days of rest. That's kind of yeah. No, that's not very I, good I scheduling. Just, by I, the I'm, F- not saying, by the I'm not saying that's I'm not saying that's great scheduling. I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm I, I wish. Finley agrees. I, I wish it would have been, you know, maybe like a Monday night game or something. Give, give Fulham an extra day because I think they're a great team and they're challenging for Europe. And I would like to see, you know, the two two healthy teams that like that go at each other go at it. Um, you know? Southampton Newcastle is uh, the one semifinal. Southampton beat Manchester City today to get there. Impressive. Uh, the other semifinal is Nottingham Forest versus Manchester United. Nottingham Forest uh, beat Wolves on penalties today, and that that one got fun. I don't know if you guys saw that; it was pretty intense. Serge Aurier almost got in a fight with I feel like every single Wolves player. Um, uh, but uh, Forest go through uh, at the City Ground, Southampton with the win. So Forest will play Manchester United, who beat Charlton uh, Athletic uh, on Tuesday. Um, speaking of Manchester United. I don't know if you guys remember a man by the name of Wout Weghorst. Played for uh, Burnley last season. Uh, he was a very, very big, tall Dutch player. He also represented the Netherlands at the World Cup this weekend. Or uh, this weekend. This uh, this past break. 
Um, he is apparently on his way to Manchester United. He is currently at Besiktas on loan from Burnley. Uh, so he's in Turkey. And as long as they can agree to cancel that deal, um, which Besiktas are apparently open to it, they just want a replacement for him, um, that's going to happen. Interesting move. I mean, Eric Ten Hag is Dutch. Weghorst is Dutch. I feel like that has something to do with it. And Manchester United are looking for a striker. Um, it's just kind of, I don't know. This is another one. This is kind of like, again, this is kind of going back to, to you know, Chelsea getting Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. It feels like a more of a short-term solution rather than looking for somebody to come in and, you know, take over that central striking role and really kind of grow with the club. I don't know. I, 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 it's, it's, I don't, it, this one really surprised me. I didn't really think that was, uh, that was going to happen. So, Wout Weghorst, uh, see how tall he is. Anyways, going to Manchester United. Um, any, any, six, 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 six. Good Lord. Someone show, I think someone, someone, I, I can imagine, Luke Shaw is happy because all he has to do is whip the cross in and Weghorst is going to find it. So I, that maybe sweetens the deal, but um, I don't know. It's kind of, he wasn't exactly flying for Besiktas and I don't remember him scoring a lot of goals for Burnley, but we'll see. Any other updates from uh, transfer wise um, from, from either Fulham or, or Newcastle? I don't, West Ham doesn't have a whole lot going on to be honest. Um, Jordan, any any news from from Tune in terms of who they might bring in over the course of the next few weeks? Uh, honestly, it's surprisingly quiet on that front. Uh, I believe Dane Ashworth came out and made a statement a statement about our transfer policy going forward, and that's not necessarily be you know going to be you know we're going to spend big money on big players, but we are going to just start. I think we're going to kind of go like the Real Madrid route and start just throwing gobs of money at 17-year-old Brazilians. Um, <laughs> and no, I seriously, think, I think that's what I think that's what it's going to be. Is it's going to be we'll start bringing in the best and brightest of the young players, players that can, you know, work their way into the first team. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's all quiet on the Newcastle front. I will say uh, the Weghorst signing. Uh, for uh, for Manchester United does make sense if you're looking for like a change of pace, like if you're looking to maybe control possession a little bit more and you know allow your 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 attacking your 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 wide attacking players and a player like Bruno Fernandez, uh, someone to you know play you know someone for them to play off of a big target guy. I mean that is Weg, uh, Weghorst. So, um. It's an interesting. It's an interesting move. Definitely not something I would have thought I'd seen from Manchester United. But it kind of, it, to me, it kind of highlights, along with the uh, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang signing for Chelsea, just a difference in, uh, in uh, you know, um, scouting, and uh, from like City, because City. Honestly, played without a true number nine last season, but they're but the whole time they were eye, they were eyeing up Erlen Holland. So, you know they had a they had a very you know kind of a long term strategy where I, you, yeah. you were you're right. This seems very kind of eyebrow raising. Yeah, like like it it could work. Like in all in all possibilities, it probably will work to some extent. But you're just wondering why. 
I can tell you right now, I mean, most everything that he's touching, Eric Ten Hag, is, is turning up good for United. So I think the hopes are high in that regard, but it is it is kind of a strange a strange move. Um, so, so yeah, the hammers. I, I, I think we might be trying to get a striker on loan or an attacking player on loan. I'm not sure. Um, there, there've been a few names thrown around, but nothing, nothing too serious. Um, new manager on loan. Oh. I mean, do, do they, do they make loan moves for managers? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's the the current boss of of West Brom apparently I think is is supposedly if you believe the sun he is he is the plan B uh to come in uh, which I'm not a huge fan of that at all. Steve Bruce? No. It's uh <laughs> Sorry, I had to I had to, I had to, I had, to, I had to do that. My bad. Who is it? Um what's his name? Carlos Corberon. He's Spanish. Hmm. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. It's his name. It's the. It's the Spanish. It's our owners. They're just like, ooh, that's, that's a that's a sexy sounding name. That guy's got to be good. So, but I mean, he's I'm, West Brom or where are they? Ninth in the championship. Why would you after after well after starting rock bottom? I mean, they did start the season with Steve Bruce in the helm. So to be solidly mid to upper mid table for West Brom is, uh, you know, a hell of a turnaround this season. So, um, by the way, Millwall are in sixth. That's, that's way too close. That's this is getting this is as we get closer to this the the the, the to, to April, I might start doing a weekly championship update to explain. The threat level to the Premier League, i.e., Millwall's position, and how close they are to being promoted. Because <laughs> that would not. I don't. Defcon pre- Millwall. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yes, there we go. Defcon Millwall oh, is what the segment will so be called, starting in April. Def, start, Defcon Millwall. Um, I, I, that would be I, that'd be terrible for you. Like that'd be the the nightmare scenario if somehow Millwall got promoted and y'all. We're just kind of waving at each other on the escalator uh, on the escalator to the championship. Um, all I can hope, all, all you can kind of hope for, Adam, at this point is that Everton is just out sucks you right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're out of the cup and we're still in, so I think we're we're doing okay I'm, in that regard at the moment. But yeah, no, yeah, I think you're right. I think they gotta where they they gotta take the attention away from us for being uh, for being the worst. Um, so looking ahead to this weekend, um, before we, we kind of give a rundown, it's it's a big, big Derby weekend. We have the West London Derby coming up on Thursday between Fulham and Chelsea. We have the Manchester Derby starting us out on Saturday. Uh, and East Midlands Derby between Nottingham and Leicester City also on Saturday. And we end the weekend with a North London Derby and a Wade All the Pies Derby, Newcastle versus Fulham um, at, uh, at St. James's Park. So, just real quick... Um, Caleb, we'll, we'll start with you. Which of these games are you looking forward to the most? I think that answer goes without saying. Which, of the, but which do you think will also have a, the biggest impact on the final table? Which is which one is are we are we looking at the most with a microscope this weekend? I mean, obviously, you know which one I'm watching, but right. um, the one on the big screen. But I would say that Manchester Derby is really interesting because I think that 
City's in this interesting spot where obviously they're incredibly good, but there's also I think there's also some questions there, and so I'm, I'm interested to see what some of their answers are going to be. Um, I also think that um, you know, in, in all, and I think United is is going to finish the season strong, and obvi- and obviously if United ends up getting three points, then that broadens maybe Arsenal's lead at the top of the table. If City's able to continue to put up pressure, I think that's just a, that's just a, a match I think a lot of people want to watch. Um, and I think the Forest Leicester matchup is is important for the other side, uh, yeah. the other side of the table, because I mean that could be a big three points towards salvation for either side. I mean I know that Forest has kind of clawed their way out of the relegation battle, but they haven't looked great, and or excuse me, Leicester's kind of clawed their way out as has Forest, but they're both right there. So those two yeah. points could could be the difference between staying in or, or being relegated. I think those questions you're talking about for City, Caleb, are a lot to do with squad rotation at the moment. They've had a lot of games lately, um, and you know, I, I, I don't want to say that they're not deep; that they don't have a squad that can. Obviously, they have a squad that can that can do the job, but I wouldn't necessarily call them the deepest squad in the Premier League. So, yeah, it, that's going to be interesting. Pep Guardiola making a, a kind of a, a weird comment that uh, that he had some. I think he said crazy tactics that he could throw out against Manchester United, whatever that's going to look like. Um, and of course there was that shellacking that United took at city last fall. Uh, that's sort of hanging over this. They want to write that, uh, write the ship. Jordan, which one, uh, which one do you, will you look, be looking at as in terms of having the biggest impact on the final table? Uh, uh, come May. Uh, so I got I, I have one A and one B. One um, A is the Manchester Derby. Yeah. Um, does Manchester City put into place the noisy neighbors? It's kind of funny how the uh, the roles have been reversed over this last decade. Uh, Manchester City, you know, the dominant power in Manchester, and then uh, here come you know. United, who under Eric Ten Hag have found a you know a good vein, a really good vein of form. Uh, does City distance themselves from United in uh, you know in fourth right now, and uh, you know push on uh, push on Arsenal? And then the second one, it's the uh, North London derby. Uh, does does Arsenal you know continue to stack up points? You know, that's that, that's the beautiful thing about this about the Premier League. It is truly a, a con, you know, a, a contest over the entire season to uh, determine the best team. So, you know, the the best teams turn turn draw turn losses into draws and turn draws into to th- to victories. So, does Arsenal, you know, you know, does Arsenal uh, uh, against Tottenham this weekend do they turn a you know a draw? Because honestly, I think that's kind of been the history of the last, uh, you know, you know, a couple London derbies, uh, North London derbies, into a win, and just you know further, further widen the gap that uh, uh, at the top of the table. Um. So, so back in October, this was obviously won by Arsenal three to one. Uh, prior to that, Tottenham won three nil against Arsenal, and then prior to that, Arsenal. One three one, so it's it's definitely a back and forth, um, 
between these two. And that's why I think I, I think that's the biggest one this weekend in terms of the table. Now, obviously, the Manchester Derby is huge. Uh, West London Derby is important for, for its own reasons. And I, I agree, the East Midlands Derby, the, definitely watch that one because I think for Leicester, it's it's a big – this is a big moment. And for Nottingham Forest, it's it's a chance maybe to sort of stamp your authority and say we belong here. Um, but this North London Derby is, is massive. Um for for lots of reasons, I think if Arsenal can can get a result um, and double up on their North London rivals, it's going to be such a big boost in terms of them saying, "Yeah, we're here to to win the title. This is what we're here for. This is what we want to do, and we belong up here." So um, it's it's a big opportunity to make a statement for both teams, and I'm really looking forward to that one. It's a great way to end uh, the weekend. Um, just real quick, uh, the Premier League table since it really hasn't changed a whole lot. Your top four, Arsenal, Manchester City, Newcastle, and Manchester United. Tottenham, Liverpool on the outside looking in at the moment. Uh, Fulham looking great in seventh, Brighton, Brentford, and Chelsea in tenth, round out the top ten. Aston Villa just outside of that. Uh, Palace, Leicester City, uh, Leeds, Nottingham Forest, Bournemouth in 16th, West Ham just outside the relegation zone in 17th uh, on goal difference alone. Everton are inside right now on 15 points. In 18th, uh, Wolves and Southampton at the bottom of the table as well. Um, so the, here's what your weekend looks like. And your weekend starts on Thursday this week. So be grateful for that. Fulham versus Chelsea, 3 p.m. Eastern time. That's going to be on Peacock on Thursday. On Friday, Aston Villa versus Leeds. Uh, that's at 3 p.m. on USA Network. Start your Saturday off with the Manchester Derby, 7.30 a.m. Eastern time. On USA Network, Manchester United versus Manchester City. Uh, 10 a.m., couple of kickoffs, four to be exact, Brighton versus Liverpool. And I'm not sure if that's going to be on Peacock or on TV. Um, check check on that one because the, the, the description was kind of weird. Wolves versus West Ham is going to be on Peacock. The USA Network game is Everton versus Southampton. And Forest versus Leicester is also on Peacock. At 12.30 p.m., Brentford versus Bournemouth. That's on Big NBC. On Sunday morning, Chelsea versus Palace at 9 a.m. Also at 9 a.m., the Weed, all the pies, Derby. Newcastle versus Fulham. Uh, that one's on Peacock. 11.30 a.m., big one, North London Derby, Tottenham versus Arsenal. And that rounds out your uh, your weekend. No Monday game this week, although I think there are some midweek games uh, next week. Top shelf picks. There's been a lot. Speak, so, topsy-turvy FA Cup. It's turned us into a topsy-turvy uh, um, table for uh, for the top shelf picks because now after I got uh, uh, so many picks right, I am top of the table now. I think this is the first time ever. Um, so I've got, so the only game that I missed was Coventry Wrexham. I think I said Coventry one nil over Wrexham and uh, Wrexham with, with a much more entertaining game than I gave them credit for. Um, but I got Stevenage versus Aston Villa, right? I said two, one to, uh, to the Borough. Uh, Sheffield beat Mil- Sheffield United beat Millwall, and then Sunderland did beat Shrewsbury. Um, Caleb got two points, and I'm sorry, Jordan, but it just now okay. I, we do have to come to a point of contention here. So I made a mistake, and I said that uh, that there would be no replays. That was incorrect. Uh, they brought replays back for the FA Cup this year. Why I don't know. So. All of the 
the the predictions that you know were draws and then such and such team wins on penalties. I didn't know how to handle those. So, Jordan, you said Millwall and Sheffield United would draw and that Millwall would win on penalties. I unfortunately I feel like I can't give you any points for that because of it under the circumstances because Millwall didn't win and it wasn't a draw. However, yeah. No, Caleb, said, okay. Caleb, Caleb said that Wrexham would win on penalties, then no. even though it would end in a draw. No, Caleb okay. does not get the points. If, uh, that's yeah. I we, say Caleb I think, does get the points. He did say he did go. say Wrexham would win. Yeah. Yes, but it, but it, but, you, but he specified but, but he specified that it was via penalties. It never went to penalties. Because there would never well, been penalties because it was it, there would right, there was but, re- but he but he said it would go to penalties based on the bad information that I gave him. But didn't but I didn't we agree win. on the text thread that uh, that well the, the, I, you you had said that that's that's the way we should go, but I didn't. There wasn't any. I felt like we could discuss this further out on out here. It's just interesting because like and, and more importantly, I, I, I point of contention. I believe I chose Stevenage to win, didn't I, against Aston Villa? No, you said Villa won Stevenage nil. Damn it! I would have thought you did too. Yeah, I'm just kidding. No, your your upset was your upset was Shrewsbury versus Sunderland. Yeah, I am. I, but you know what? It was a thrilling it was a thrilling match. Honestly, that third round of the FA Cup, uh, I, I I think it it bodes well for Adam, just because it's chaos. Uh, yeah, you're the you're the purveyor of chaos though. And I, Not I, me. I don't care. I, I, I'm okay. The pur- okay. So. That's fine. I am the purveyor of chaos when it comes to comes to hot sports opinions. <laughs> I bring the I bring the fire via the mic. When it comes to gambling, when it comes to gambling, our and you know our, our top shelf picks, I am very uh, orthodox. And uh, yeah, that, no, that FA Cup just threw me off completely. And honestly. I was kind of, I, I, my I was kind of hanging my hopes on Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury versus Sunderland because the yeah. last five matches over the year uh, was it was two two with a draw so this yeah. was the rubber match uh, and fucking Sunderland at at uh, what I think is the best ground name in the Premier League or in the Premier League in, in English football Shrewsbury which is the new lawn yeah not just the, the lawn the new lawn. Which means yeah. there's an old lawn somewhere. That's in that's in Sunderland. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 dry. Yeah, and the hedges are overgrown. Um, the, the skip has been turned over. Yeah, and trash so is flowing into the yard. <laughs> right. So there is there is uh, one home more, is, and the home is falling apart. There is one more point uh, that we need to, to to take care of before we can say goodbye to the FA Cup third round which is our bonus point. Now, uh, I would obviously put my game forward because Stevenage got a very, very famous win, which I did correctly predict. However, Jordan does make a very good point that Shrewsbury versus Sunderland was a very good game. Um, and uh, unfortunately, Jordan, I don't I don't know if Millwall versus Sheffield United was quite, no, quite no, what no, you expected. Not, no, it was not. Uh, I, I, I take no, no points from this weekend. Um <laughs> And also, I will say for to, for Caleb's sake, Coventry Wrexham was a very good game. 
I think we have to give it to Coventry Wrexham just because the the non league side that is Wrexham uh, pulled out a all timer of a win. I agree. I, I'm I'm with that one. It was a great win I mean, for for Stevenage, uh, uh, but okay. but it was but it was it was not the the most eye catching of games until the very end. I will say I will this, Adam. That. If Steve, if Steve, if the Stevenage two Aston Villa one game occurred in a world where Wrexham went lost, yeah, th- that is that is probably the game of the weekend just yeah. for the uh, the red card and then the two late goals. Um, I, I, yeah, we got to give it to Caleb. He's got to yeah. get the extra point. Well done, Caleb. Good pick. Uh, Thank you. I, I propose next year. Uh, when we when when it comes to FA Cup third round weekend uh, for top shelf picks, uh, we institute a Millwall rule for me. <laughs> okay. And so if, if my eyes are if my if my eyes are are, are drawn you know, longingly towards the new Lions Den, uh, you yours you are the only the, yours are the only eyes that could be drawn longingly to the to the, to the den. Just gonna put it that way. You, both of y'all we gotta talk them through the hunger next year, Adam. <laughs> both of y'all just say no. No, get the spray bottle out. Yeah, literally, because <laughs> I make I just make ba- I make bad decisions on mill <laughs> on Millwall, which I, I think in your mind, Adam, a lot of people make bad decisions yeah. uh, uh, with uh, in regards to Millwall on a daily the entire, basis. The entire place of bad decisions. Um, there's a video, by the way, of I think, I think it's I'm pretty sure it was made by by a West Ham fan, but it's it's people should go go look for. I married a, a Millwall fan, or it's something like that, and it's it's pretty hilarious. Um, so with that bonus point, Caleb, you and I are tied at the top at the moment with twenty four points. But Jordan, you're you're still just right there. You're on twenty one points. Um, so we're all we're all still there together. No no big moves yet. Um, although did I mention I was I was top of the table? No. Um, no, Adam, this is great. No, this is this is great for you, bud. I mean, you pulled uh, you pulled a rabbit out of the hat. And just, I did. I and, really did. And, that's yeah, even his goal in it. Shouldn't you be taking with like some other oh. podcast, like the podcast below this one? Like that's it's, it's the, the COVID rules. Uh, oh, okay. okay. That that prevented the relegation from happening. We're still in those. So hold on, wait a minute. And Caleb, Caleb, in your mind, is there a we at all the pies division two? I mean, so who is on? Yeah, uh, who is on just, that it's one? A, it's a soccer it's me and Devin. podcast. No, no, no. Is is it is it our? That's the case. Is it is it our is it our dads? Is it is our is it like a senior league? Is it our dads? It's the because senior I would, league. It's, it's, I, I would love. It's our dads texting us about football. That's yes. The, that's, that's the second the, division. I would love to hear division. my dad. I, I would love to hear my dad. Kenny, your dad, uh, Adam, your dad, Kenny, and then uh, Caleb's father, give 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 even ten minutes on 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 FA Cup round three weekend. My dad knows hey, pretty. Dad actually watched pretty it good. Because yeah, I was there, um, so he was watching. It. He, he's been watching. <laughs> no, your father so. might actually provide commentary. My dad might wonder where the fuck is Millwall. What what's a Millwall? <laughs> He says, "Is that a, he like? Is that a kind of a tool brand like Dewalt?" <laughs> my dad knows. It's I'm I'm impressed by how much my dad knows. But it is. It's like you said. Like you said, Caleb. It's it's because of me because I was watching it growing up, and so eventually I remember the first time when I was in college, and 
there was something going on that morning. I couldn't watch the match. <laughs> my dad texted me about it, and I was like, "Are you are you watching?" It's like, "Yeah, yep. you know, okay." You know, I wasn't even there. Caleb, you know, honestly, you should you should you should be here for one of these mornings sometime when Adam and his lovely wife Christina, you know, come back to Texas for uh, a, a a period of uh, of stay. Uh, it's it's hilarious. Stay. Uh, yeah, sorry, I, I said that. I said that you know very mealy mouth. Uh, a, a little vacation. Um, it's it's funny to to roll into his roll into his dad's house at like six six twenty in the morning, and uh, with donuts. Yeah, his, yeah, with donuts or water burger, and his dad just kind of rolls out around like the you know uh, the 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 you know the mid morning match. Yeah, he's there for the names. He's usually wearing like some sort of you know vest. Or Texas University, University of Texas polo or visor. Uh, and, well, that just uh, turned Caleb off. He ain't coming. <laughs> and uh, uh, like I've been around windbreaker for, for soccer matches. No, I know. And, and windbreaker pants. Yeah. And windbreaker and windbreaker pants. It's it's a sight to behold. Yeah. Now um, the, only thing, the only thing about that, Caleb, is you better have a you better have a hoodie because it gets cold. It is cold yeah. in that house. It is very cold. All right, we're getting way off track here. We got to do our top shelf picks. Um, match week nineteen. It's it's a match week full of derbies, so that's what we're going to pick this week, starting with tomorrow. So Fulham versus Chelsea, which is on Thursday. We'll predict this tonight. It's a Wednesday. Manchester United versus Manchester City, uh, Manchester Derby, and Tottenham versus Arsenal, North London Derby. That is who we are picking. Um, although, if we want to, if we want to substitute that for the East Midlands Derby, I'm okay. With changing out, but I want to get back to three because like it's easier for me. Chelsea versus Fulham is technically match day seven. Um, oh, it's uh, it's been rescheduled, so match day twenty actually is the one we're on. But I, I'm fine picking them. <clears throat> That's fine. Um, okay, without any uh, further, I, my vote is that we uh, that we uh, in honor of the Queen, we do not ta- uh, pick Fulham Chelsea. We instead pick the. Uh, the the six pointer on the other end, Leicester uh, Nottingham Forest. Uh, noted, overruled on that. But I am willing to, to take if if we if we do the East Midlands Derby, if we predict that one, it's going to have to be either the Manchester Derby or the North London one. So I will. Then, I'm. We've then, got. We we already have a London Derby in our picks, which I want to keep there because I do want to pick Fulham Chelsea because I think it's a big one. So if we want to be equal stay. about this, yeah, do what. The picks stay. Okay. I, I, I can't. I, I there is no there is no right there is no reason for me to 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 you know choose Leicester Forest over you know the the Manchester or the North London Derby. So all right, yeah, that's fine. Okay. All right, Caleb, you are up first. Fulham versus Chelsea, Manchester Derby, North London Derby. Could just said West London Derby, but you know we've got our own Derby too. Um, <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. All right, so I'm gonna say Fulham. I'm gonna say Fulham two, Chelsea one, um, which is really just so that if on the off chance Fulham pulls off a victory, I'll be doubly, I'll be doubly <laughs> excited. Um, so so that'll be great. United versus City. Um, I'm actually gonna pick a two-two draw. I think that's gonna be a really tough. Uh, matchup. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think City's going to have it a little little r- rough than they have recently. 
And, you know, Arsenal, I think, is going to beat Tottenham 3 1. You know, I think Tottenham's kind of reeling a little bit. So, yeah, I think that one goes to the Gunners. Um, man, this it's it's just tough. I agree. It's it's so tough. If Fulham were at full strength, I'd be like, yeah, they got this. Because Chelsea are not, and they're not looking very good at the moment. But without Mitrovic, it is going to be tough. Um, so I'm going to go. I'm going to say it's it's a draw. I'm going to go with the one-one draw. Um, still a good result for Fulham. And if they win, I'll, I'll be I'll be ecstatic for you. Uh, United versus City. A draw is a good pick. United have been looking good. City. You know what? I I got to go with City. Um, I just think, I think they've got the mental edge on this at the moment. I don't know if United can overcome that. Um, I think they'll. I think. I think City will take a lead, and the United will score later on in the second half. I think it'll be exciting, but I don't think they'll get it. And then Tottenham versus Arsenal. Um, I really don't want to pick either of these teams to win, to be honest. But I think, I think an Arsenal win is a good one, and I'm going to go two one two. Arsenal, um, and more trouble for Antonio Conte. Jordan, last but certainly not least, Fulham versus Chelsea, United versus City, Tottenham versus Arsenal. Um, unlike you, Adam, I have faith in Fulham. They are the kings of West <laughs> London. Uh, give me one nil for Fulham. Okay, like it. Uh, my man, Manchester. Yeah, uh, no, no. Uh, I think I, you know it's you know it's going to be it's going to be Andreas Pereira free kick. Okay, calm down. <laughs> um, the 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 Manchester derby, three two city. Nice. Uh, I, I I think Anthony's I, I think Anthony scores like a goal within the first twenty minutes, and it's going to involve like a, like a, 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 a like a, a step over. Cruyff turn or something, just something absolutely ridiculous and unnecessary. Uh, but uh, City's going to come back. You know, it's going to be two one into the into the first end of the first half, and then uh, Marcus Rashford is going to continue scoring, scoring probably about like the fifty five sixtieth minute mark, and then Erling Holland's going to bury one probably around the seventy fifth minute, three two, and then uh, the North London Derby. It's going to be two one Arsenal. Did you see? Uh, I don't know if you saw Ant- Anthony. Speaking of ridiculous scores, even against a League One club like Charlton, a ridiculous goal um, to open the scoring in that one. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch it. It's just a, a wonderful strike up into the uh, the upper right hand corner, and they kind of got them off and running. So he's definitely in the mood. Anthony is right now, um, but you gotta always watch. I just want to see the Manchester Derby just to watch. Erling Holland stand next to Lisandro Martinez. That's a, that's all I want. I just want ninety minutes of that, and just you know, and just see how that goes. You know, if Erling Holland was more petty, which for some reason I don't think he is. I think he's actually probably a, probably a pretty even kind of guy. Yeah, scored, at one point, he was called the Butcher of Amsterdam. But okay. Well, no, no, that's Lisandro Martinez. Uh, oh, if, Erling if, Holland. Sorry. Yeah, if Erling yeah, Holland scores and it's like a header over Lissandro Martinez, I just want him to run to like the the corner flag and just do the too short uh, <laughs> motion right there. Be fantastic! Oh man, um, 
Awesome. Yeah, great FA Cup weekend. Very much looking forward to the Premier League weekend. It's going to be uh, full of excitement. Uh, thank you both for joining me again this evening. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, Jordan, will you please do the honors? Uh, let's go eat some pies, guys. Let's go eat some pies. Everybody enjoy. We'll see you next week.